Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss narcissist holiday expectations, holiday strategies, and coping without your children. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today, we have Jean. How are you? Good, Brandon. How are you? Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. It's not Christmas yet, but we're doing a holiday episode. We try to do an episode like this every single year. And this year, the bulk of what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a lot of things that have to do with the holidays, abusers, narcissists you know, in general. But with you this year, you are going to be childless for your first time as your child is going to your ex-partners. And so... There's a lot of different feelings that are going to be stirred up here of what you're going to be dealing with, Uh, you know, fear, anxiety, stress, loneliness, sadness. Happiness might not be a word for you during this time, which is supposed to be a happy season. So with that being said, what are the biggest things that are going to be happening for you and people who are in your position? And... Then also maybe rehash the things that would have happened possibly in your position last year when you had your child and the things that could have possibly uh, gone wrong uh, with someone, uh, with an abuser, with a narcissist in this situation who might want to ruin things. So just take from your first perspective right now how you're feeling and how you're going to kind of get through this holiday season. Yes. So this will be my third Christmas since the relationship ended. And my first one without my son, who will on actual Christmas day. Um, I think the interesting thing that happens uh, here is it's kind of, I don't know, from my perspective, um, it turns into kind of this melancholy, bittersweetness, you know, that some of the joy, yes, does return and, and we're able to set up some new ways of doing holidays, but it's kind of 
always blanketed by this kind of feeling of injustice that, hey, the way I celebrate Christmas or the way that I plan my holiday season, even us seeing my son's friends or seeing family, um, all of it hangs and rides on the emotional stability of a narcissist in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I'm sure it's different for everybody uh, in their situations. But with my particular ex, um, for example, changing weekends is not an easy thing to do. Some might have some that will allow the change. Anytime I request something that's kind of a, a giving into power, like he feels power because I'm making a request. So he has something. So, so changing time up or doing anything like that would be very difficult for my particular situation. Um, and I did that for the first time in the three years I actually changed, asked to change a weekend because I knew I wasn't going to be able to be around my son on Christmas, but there is a Christmas tradition nearby here of this kind of indie rock band that does this family concert for Christmas. And I really wanted my son to go. He had never gone to a, or to a concert before. And, uh, he really wanted to go. So we got tickets. And then I looked at the schedule and he wasn't going to be with me that weekend. It was with his dad. So I, a month at time, um, month ahead of time, requested this change, uh, which he avoided for three weeks. Um, so in those three weeks, right, I'm like, what are the plans that we're making? You know, um, so I'll send him messages. Hey, I want to know what's going on. If it doesn't work, I just need a yes or a no. I'm happy to exchange time, whatever. Um, I also can't tell my son that we have tickets to this concert because I don't want to get him excited and then cause this huge letdown with him um, or put him in a position where he would have to make the choice. Oh, am I going to choose to go to dad's or I'm going to choose to go to this concert with mom, right? So just don't say anything. Um, finally, three weeks later, my ex does say, hey, he can go. Um, and I offered to exchange time with him. And this is the first time in these three years that we, since we split up that, uh, my ex did not want to exchange the time. He just gave the time away. Um, how did that feel? Heartbreaking, right? <laughs> That's uh very bittersweet once again. So with this, you know, I guess to kind of sum the scenario, first of all, I'm sitting there feeling like, okay. I finally got, you know, the courage up to ask for this exchange because I knew it wasn't going to probably go that well. Um, and and then I get, yay, I get to go to this concert, but I also get the, there's not a lot that human could have done for to further disappoint me or for me to think <laughs> worse thoughts about him. Um, and then, you know, just to give up time from his son like that, like it broke my heart for my son. Um, that his dad was willing to do that. Uh, so it's bittersweet, right? It's like you get this mixed bag of emotions, but I think that's just kind of the reality of living with people like this, whether it's the holiday season or not, or not even living, I don't live with them, but having them proximal to you. Um, it's bittersweet. You get little wins and you get big letdowns and it feels like a lot of injustice because you watch the other people around you in your life, not having to jump through these hoops um, or make these kind of what feel like moral concessions uh, in order to plan stuff with their family. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When your child right here is kind of getting used to the routine that is going on, do they question a change like this? And if so, you know, how do you respond? Um, so typically my son doesn't know exactly when he's going. He kind of understands it's every other weekend that he's going. Um, so he did not question the change. He's not really... He'll just kind of ask me, am I going to dad's or not this weekend? And I'll say yes or no. Um, so there was no kind of change or anything question. And I had not brought up ahead of time that, hey, you're supposed to be with me this week or supposed to be with dad this weekend, but I would like to take you to this concert. Um, I just went to see if it was possible first and then I would address it with him. Uh, and so I think, that was probably the right way to handle it. Um, but my son's not aware of it. He's seven. You know, he's not aware yet, at least at this point. And he, I mean, he's been living the life of, you know, a divorced child uh, since he was four. So routine is this, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, he didn't have something to establish it off of. I will say um, what ended up happening with the way we kind of switched this past month over the Thanksgiving holiday, because I had him for that extended break. Um, I had for the first time a month alone with my son. It was just, you know, and without him going to dad and the way he changed in that month, the way he relaxed, the way that like the two of us got into some of this, like kind of normal synergy. Cause it wasn't just being interrupted every two weeks was, um, I didn't expect to see. And my son did ask me the question at one point, oh, I haven't seen dad the last month. Is he going to be mad? And I said, no, I, I, this was kind of the schedule. I, I don't believe he's going to be upset. Is there anything, are you worried that he might be? No. All right. And, and then, you know, I'd ask him the next day, hey, are you excited to go to dad's? excited to see him or how are you feeling about going to dad and he just went eh, kind of yes kind of no I'm kind of excited kind of not um and it was just it's the first time he has not felt this need to protect and completely shut down if anything comes up about his dad around me and so uh I guess I will say that you know as far as his perception goes what he's noticing as things change I wonder if he's not 
processing it on that schedule from week to week, but he's really processing it at like just how he feels, you know, in, in his body and, and how not having to change houses every couple of weeks or kind of come under different influence uh, every couple of weeks really has helped his nervous system relax and helped him honestly feel confident like he had some sort of stability in life um and then of course the day before he goes to my exes again after that month break i see his shell coming on right i see kind of his defenses coming on and him getting prepared and the um kind of nervousness in him that makes him more ready to just kind of verbally fight you know that kind of itchy feeling where you're just a little bit nippy um, that came back on like a day before going back to dad. Um, and then, you know, so it is interesting. So the perception might not be week on week off, but I mean, maybe with the little ones, you can tell a little bit different. Now he'll be going to the holidays mm-hmm. season with him. So what are you prepared for and how will you take care of yourself during that time and of the things that you're prepared for what are they yes that's a good question um well one thing that i'm prepared for because of the age is there's a chance we might find out santa's not real this year um because he will be with dad and dad will be in charge of being santa and me and dad don't have a relationship where we can talk about like hey you know, or I would be communicated any of that information. So um, I am prepared to not ask, what did Santa bring you? But how did Christmas go? And ask questions that uh, allow him to kind of divulge that information that I, I probably maybe won't be privy to. It's not like that will be communicated to me. So we might find out Santa's not real this year, or, you know, who knows? We might find out that Santa, you know, opened a credit card and really went nuts. Like, you know, I have no idea what to expect, but that could be the range. Um, I always, and it's only happened once, but I always, when he's not with me, expect frantic phone calls and some sort of emergency to come up. Um, whether or not that is, uh, work I need to do on my end or is perfectly reasonable. Um, I, I do, I'm, I'm scared to be away from my phone. Like, you know, if I were to leave the house and not have my phone on me, normally I would just run to the grocery store. It's fine. Um, I, I don't allow those kinds of things just cause I never know what's going to happen. And I know that if I don't catch the first phone call, um, I might not be able to get my information from that situation again, cause he has something that he can show to the courts. Let's say if I were to bring it up hey, I made the phone call, I did this. And then all of a sudden, let's say, worst case scenario, you know, he had to go to the hospital or something. Um, He made that one phone call to me. It could take me hours now to get back into the situation. Let's say if I missed, you know, the the first communication. So I'm pretty hyper aware of that. Um, And then, you know, in my situation, I probably won't hear anything from them or talk to them. I won't call my son while he is there. Unless I'll ask him before he goes, hey, do you want to have a pre-planned phone call? And typically he'll say no, because I don't want to take him out of that 
situation when he's in it. Like I'd rather him let him be in that space, but know that he has the option to call me or we can plan ahead. But I think it's easier on him. I've come to find it's far easier on him. I don't reach out because that can activate dad. Um, just kind of having me nearby, even verbally. Um, and so, you know, those are the things that I kind of prepare for. I believe I found out that my ex's family is coming into town and so they will see them. So sometimes I'll even prepare for who knows what stories have been told about me or what my son may be overheard while he's there about me. You know, sometimes he'll share those things and sometimes he won't. There's no way to tell. And so, uh, you know, just minding little shifts and changes in attitude and behavior to see if maybe there was some beliefs or thoughts put there <laughs> in that extended time that he'll get with um, my ex and his family. And how will you take care of yourself during this time being without your son for the first time? Yeah, um, I will. <laughs> I will. I will have like six days to myself, um, which isn't very typical in single mom life. So I do try to do things that I would like to do. For example, I love uh, crafting and I like having my headspace. So I'll probably be able to do projects or different things. Some of the art that I do where I'll have extended time to really, you know, indulge in it. Um, so I tend to plan those types of activities, um, while he's gone, make up a whole Christmas tree with the stuff or who knows. Yeah. I'll probably use a lot of my creative energy <laughs> during that window as a means of coping, find some good things to marathon on TV, you know, um, indulge in my own headspace, I think is probably, yeah, what I will try to do. Were you a ruminator before? Uh, in in any sort of situation? I don't remember. Uh, only when my PTSD was really bad. Typically, I can um, mentally kind of cut things off or put them in bins. And once I feel good about where they lie, I won't rustle that up. Um, so ruminating probably won't be a lot of it, but it, it there's an absence felt, right? Like there's this, uh, how would you describe it? This feeling of like, oh, it'd be so cool. Or, you know, they put all those commercials and you watch all those Christmas movies and they're set to like bring these endearing love feelings on. And then you're like, oh, that thing that's endearing that I love, it's missing, right? It's not right next to me. And, and, and then it will, so maybe you won't ruminate about the bad, but yeah, I'll feel the void for sure. Of your little buddy. My little buddy, I know. <laughs> when I've seen his face, he, he really is a little, he's a little buddy. That's what I would say. Happy. Yeah, it's fun. He's fun now. I mean, he's at that age. Yeah, I don't know how other moms feel, but when they're young, there's only so much they can do. They need you for a lot. But now he's like, you know, fun and jokes and we can play games and do stuff together and so it's like this really fun stage he's in so I, I will definitely miss that as well so you know this is what you're going to be dealing with here as a single mom and for all of the single moms out there who are going to be not having their their child with them but on the flip side you know last year you know you had your child and as we hear you know, a lot of the times um, abusers, narcissists like to ruin 
things. So from your experience, you know, what are kind of those things that um, people might be dealing with? And how would you say to them, you know, to kind of get through these experiences? Yeah, I am. Um, so I think what's really interesting and probably they're all still the same, but they're also different. Right. And so, you know, especially one that um, would want to interject more or really wants to have control of the situation or really has a strong family narrative to push to the outside world or whatever. It can be really hard to detach all the feelings and emotions that go into Christmas or this time of year from the actual day. Um, And it's not fair to have to do that. But, you know, even in my divorce, I used Christmas as a um, kind of a bargaining chip (laughs) as far as getting some of the stuff I wanted in the negotiations. I allowed him to have the first Christmas after because that was very important to his, um, you know, standing in his family, I think. And so all of that to say, you know, creative thinking is your best tool. And so creating new traditions, creating new themes um, uh, or experiences, or maybe, you know, if, if your ex is, has to have Christmas and is going to, you know, do some sort of surprise thing that day, if he ends up not getting it, um, maybe, you know, it's the day after Christmas tradition or the week after Christmas tradition that you and your kids develop and you do a fun game and it's different and unique and and fun. And that's where all of that loving energy can go. Um, and who knows, you could find that once the ex realizes the fight's not there about the actual day, that they really cool down and you're only having to do that for a couple of years until, you know, they get tired of not being able to get a reaction out of you. So they think it's really knowing who you're up against, um, knowing what makes them tick, knowing what's valuable to them, um, and, and not creating conflict around that. Um, just based on this is tradition, this is how society looks at it. Uh, and and again, that's not fair. I think that's where I spoke kind of at the beginning of like, it feels like injustice because it's not fair. Um, but it will create a better experience overall for you and your children during the holidays because you're not butting up against something that won't move, causing you more stress, causing the kids more stress, you know, kind of, just let things unfold and happen. It's hard to take them piece by piece, but like the reality of your world is a bit different now. And it's not fair, but there's joy in it if you want to let it be there. Yeah, because you're going to be dealing with someone who is coming from a place of deep insecurity, coming from a place of shame, and the holidays themselves for them if you kind of just focus on them would be that could stir up just a lot of things from their own past and their injuries and you are on the receiving end so you know the world kind of is centered around them have you ever thought about you know we're just kind of spitballing here you know thinking of them as this eight-year-old, 10-year-old during this kind of season 
And I know we don't want to fawn over people, but you're trying to kind of give your child the best season possible. You know, thinking of the ex as someone who is an eight-year-old throwing a tantrum or an eight-year-old feeling sad or shame. Is there a way, thinking of him in that way, that you would then kind of respond to them that would be differently than from what we normally would hear? I would say you handle it very much the way your young child does things. But, you know, when they're throwing a tantrum, if they, you know, the more attention you give it, the more power they know they have over that. And so if you give in on the iPad every single time they throw a tantrum, they will understand that they can throw louder tantrums until they get the iPad. And so I think, you know, not giving in or, you know, the same way you would get rid of a stray cat. There's not really food here. Um, and until they realize there's not stuff there to be got, uh, but that's all very easy, right? Easily said, because that requires you sacrificing a lot of things that are important to you as a child of memories or events and those types of things, which doesn't mean that's not fair. But I, I personally think starting at the nervous system with yourself and the people around you, or at least for me with the PTSD and everything I was feeling, my main goal for years is just then don't get activated don't create create moments of calm nervous system and if that meant changing that was more important than a traditional christmas holiday or what say you for me um and that you know but each person can kind of handle that the way they choose and also just to kind of go over some things that a narcissistic abuser might do this holiday season as just a refresher just to give you some validation as well and to start thinking of becoming proactive for yourself when it comes to your partner or your ex-partner uh, your, your partner might not try to pay for things they they might try to out, outshine you and overdo things to be seen as a great gift giver you know when they mostly don't do much, and that can be very, very, very maddening. They also might give you a terrible gift with zero thought put into it. They might not help in getting things organized. They might not want to pick up any relatives or be involved in that way. They might refuse to even go. Or when they are there or being part of everything, they might be argumentative. Put-downs might be happening. If you are divorced, they might not show up to pick up the kids. There could be lots of disappointment that is happening on the holidays and to be ready for that and how you're going to deal with your kids if this disappointment is there. Or they also could show up when they are not supposed to if it's a, it's a situation where it's an ex-partner as well. And, and you, know, you don't want to be hyper-vigilant in the sense of being nervous about that, but keep that in mind if that is a possibility that could happen. And, you know, during the holiday season, you kind of want to manage your expectations. That's a really big thing. If you are expecting them to behave like a healthy adult, you have to kind of remind yourself that they are not. And try to think of them as a kid who could have, you know, blow-ups at any time. And when it comes to things like the put-downs, if put-downs start, put start to happen, try to keep in mind the truth about who you are and who you know you are and, and not what they say you are. And also figure out little kind of exit times or 
times for yourself somewhere, maybe within the home, have little kind of backup plans to regroup, bathroom breaks, exits outside, walking a pet if that's possible, you know, know where all these things are and when you kind of can get your little bit of escapes. And sometimes getting a family member to help you get those escapes uh, can be helpful as well. And going back to the narc abuser not being a healthy adult, you know, in some cases, and this cannot be done with all of them, but for some, depending on their psychology, really start to think of them as a kid who could have a blow up at any time. And, you know, sometimes parents bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches backups for kids if the dinner isn't good to kind of, you know, really... Uh, stop a blow up that could happen right there. There's little toys that can happen for for kids as preventative, preventative calming things for them. And to maybe start to try to think, what's your narcissist's perfect calming toy? So try to think about that as, as a possibility as well. And when it comes to family-oriented things, within the family structure in the system... And having you go to your family dinner, there might be certain relatives there that you don't truly want to be around. How do you go about in that sense? How would you go about, you know, kind of getting through those things? Even if you don't have a people in your family that are abusive or or anything like that. Sometimes the holidays as, as a whole are just difficult to get through. You have different personalities. This year at my family, Hanukkah, uh, (laughs) I received an email from someone early on before it even began and said, this is a list of topics we should not be discussing during the holidays this year. And my brother ended up making... um, a trivia game and so after we ate and after gifts were done instead of everyone possibly talking about things that could blow up into craziness we did a trivia game and made trivia for every like there's categories everyone we split everyone up into teams arguably the best holiday season we ever had people then like got a hold of my brother after and said that was the best but what i started thinking about that was if you have someone within your family who might be like someone who's the know-it-all or always needs to be right or whatever why not create like a game like that where you feed into their ego you make these questions specifically for them so they can get the feeling that they're right and everyone can be like you're great you're great you know you kind of get that out of their system by through a little game here they don't know that the game is a they're being gamed within a game but you know there's certain subjects you kind of might not want to get onto but it gets people feeling good about themselves you can make questions real easy (laughs) And then the only thing you have to worry about then is them being like, these questions are so easy. Maybe they don't want to say these questions are so easy or something like that because that means that they're not smart. 
you know, if it's too easy. But you you give them things. It started to be like that's an interesting. When I started thinking of an interesting strategy to get people to start feeling good about themselves, and then also creating like a team game, but then also letting the team win that needs to win. <laughs> if that makes oh, sense. Boy. So much sense. Um, if I were to observe what you're talking about there, you guys planned ahead, knew the possibility of outcomes or shenanigans that could happen and like planned ahead for that. And, and because what's the other route to take the stance of that person, I can't be around because they're this, this, and that, and that creates a whole nother chaos at the holidays or potentially missing out. And so kind of, I would say that's like protected contact and one, right? Like that's, you know, plus one, that's protected contact. And hey, let's let's help that emotional reality a little bit cre- created, not play into it, um, but to where it's more successful for everyone. Because uh, I'm sure everybody knows that taking a stand against somebody like this, like it's pulling a ripcord. So it, if that's what's best, for you, your family, everybody at that time. I think that's brilliant, right? It, it's not as easy as black and white, you know, as much as we'd want it to be. Because like, when, when you control the topics of the trivia, you can control what is not going to be talked about. I thought it was like, you know, we did it for a specific reason, but like there's next levels of people that could like, you could really tailor it like take what we kind of did and and tailor it to like situations and really try to figure out how to get through where people actually might remember it as like, this is fun and they're at ease and you're not, you know, a big thing we hear during the holiday seasons with families is I need to have an escape plan. If this starts getting heated, I need to know where to go. I need to know, you know, the time I need to take to myself, you know, you, a lot of the times people don't, the best thing to do is not share anything that's going on in your life. You know, you don't want to give people ammunition. And yes, it's sad that we're here that, you know, you can't share with your family or specific members. You don't want to be like put on the spot and, and, and all of those things. You don't want to be the butt of everything. Being able to kind of come in and tailor it where those things might not get brought up at all because you're so busy doing this thing where everyone is not talking or not getting onto subjects, focuses in on you, and people might actually have fun. That was, to me, my new strategy of the year based upon you know the trivia that my brother uh, created and... Um, Anyway, I don't know where I was going fully with that at that point. I a I say Jeopardy for the people. I mean, I think Jeopardy <laughs> saves a lot of people's lives. But I but here's the other thing too. While you were talking, I was thinking, think about like just energetically in your body how different it feels to approach something from oh this might explode, oh this might go wrong, oh this you know, and it's a very diminishing like your spirit really is small versus hey I understand the potential of what could let's come up with an activity so that there's not downtime where things get chaotic. And, and it comes, it's a much more self-assured approach, a way better way of approaching it than the really diminished one. I think that that's 
very empowering too. That's not necessarily letting them win, right? Like that's that's an empowered way to take that on. I think I would feel good coming away from that. When everyone's in that mode and like now you're in this kind of game mode, there's no hypervigilance kind of going on. Everyone was in this moment and there's no awkwardness. Um, like there's just, there was no opportunity for that to happen. And then it, once the trivia was over, Hey, we all got to leave. That's right. Leave them wanting more. Make a quick. <laughs> yeah. It, but like it, it, it took away, I think that the worry, the hypervigilance, mm-hmm. um, and on your own nervous system at that point, you're able to relax in a different way. And you even might lose yourself because in those things, you're in the moment doing things and only thinking about those specific things. So it was an interesting experiment that worked. And I was wondering if that could work for other people who are in extreme situations. Um, you know, because ours wasn't like extreme. It was just, you know, here's the topics that could start problems. Let's not go there. So, and then it started a tradition, I think. Yes, something to look forward to, something for people to put their mind and energy around. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we, we even have a trophy. Everyone, whoever wins gets the trophy. And then next year, and because it's a team game, so the whole team gets it. And then the next year, you know, everyone comes back and you, and you play again. And then the trophy comes back and then a new name gets put on the trophy. And I'm only giving an example here of a trivia game here. But for the person in your life that could be a problem, and as I stated before, you know, look at these people as eight-year-olds and what are the things I might need to have to help them through this time? Like someone might need their action figures or their crafts or bracelet materials. But for an adult, what would translate to that? You know, have these things on hand just in case. They might not actually be physical things. They could be topics of conversation, things along those lines. And I know this will not work with everyone, but there could be a type that this could work with. And you yourself will obviously know best what will work. So anyway, I guess from here, we know that every abuser can bring something different to the holiday table. So Gene, what is something you think everyone should be reminded of this season? You're the best judge of your situation and the people that are affecting the world around you. And so there are all these rules, I think, or I would always come into contact with this. Okay, what should I do, especially coming out of abuse? What am I supposed to do? What's the right thing? What's the not right thing? I didn't have that self-affirmation in me. So I was looking to the guidance of others. Uh, And I think really your intuition about what's right with your situation is the best guiding thing. So even if, you know, it, it sounds like, hey, maybe we should try this or maybe I do need to give this person another chance and I need to go to Christmas. If that's not what's best for you based on your own intuition, do what you think feels best the societal norm is not um is not the right way those are kind of suggestions or guidelines uh 
your intuition is the most powerful tool in this. So protect it and follow it and listen to it. Cause at the end of the day, that's the part you're living with. Um, and so the worst thing to do would be to deny your intuition and then have it prove to you, Hey, I shouldn't have denied that. That's the feeling you don't want to be created with because that you have to live with that. And so do what feels best to you, no matter kind of what anybody says uh, in, in these situations, you know, your situation best. Well, Jean, I really want to thank you for being here with me today for this holiday episode. I think this is now our tradition to do a holiday uh, episode yeah. every year now. Well, thank you. And this is a early happy holidays to everyone. And for those of you who will not be with family during the holidays, you know, and this is a very sad time for you. My heart goes out to all of you. I'm giving you a, a big hug and Gene is giving you a big hug. And, you know, this is a, a tough time for a lot of people during this season and we're here for you and everyone in the community is giving everyone today a big hug. So a big, big, big thank you. And if you want to be a guest like Gene was once on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. At top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. And if you are someone that needs support, please go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and you'll see that we have a support group. Click on our support group button and you'll see that we have forum boards inside there. We have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. It's a great group of people on there that can validate everything that you are going through. You can make friends there too. So just go to NarcissistApocalypse.com at top of the page, click on that support group button and we will see you there. And we have a friend of the show called DomesticShelters.org. So if you need even more support, please go to DomesticShelters.org. DomesticShelters.org has articles and resources to help you make sense of what you're dealing with. They have every phone number, email address, and website address for shelters and agencies, no matter how big or small the town you're in. DomesticShelters.org has it there. It is a wonderful free resource and organization. So please do visit DomesticShelters.org. And we have another friend of the show called Shelter Movers, and Shelter Movers can be found at sheltermovers.com. And Shelter Movers helps survivors of domestic violence transition to a better and safer life. It is a volunteer organization, a donor-supported charitable organization as well. It is currently only in Canada, but they're looking to expand into the United States. And what they do is they help coordinate moves for people who are getting out of domestic violence and coercive control, and they also get all of your things out of your home and into storage and they put all of your belongings into storage and they can do this for your pets and livestock too. It is a wonderful organization and if you need help from them or just want to donate to them, please go to sheltermovers.com and that is it for today's episode. So for myself and Jean, we hope you have a good night.